eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Whether the action is at the link or the bank, there's never an off day on Broad Street. It's the biggest news of the day every day with takes from someone who's never short on them. It's WIP Daily with Joe Giglio. Welcome on in to WIP Daily for June 7th. I'm Tucker Bagley filling in for Joe Giglio. And we're going to start with the Red Hot Phillies who won their fourth in a row, a 1-0 win over the Detroit Tigers last night. And I, I think it's time we had a conversation about Kyle Schwarber being this team's leadoff hitter full-time. And I know it sounds silly. I know it looks silly, right? He, he isn't built like Ricky Henderson. He isn't built like Lou Brock, Tim Raines. Even you know, throw in Jimmy Rollins or, or even Bryson Sauter, Trey Turner, who both kind of fit the archetype of a leadoff hitter probably much better than Kyle Schwarber does. But the success he's had in that spot, the comfortability he he feels when he's hitting leadoff, something that he's lobbied for in his time in Philadelphia, something that 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 just it makes no sense. I, I fully admit, Kyle Schwarber, leadoff hitter. It's just as crazy as it sounds, but you look at what he's done since he's put, been put back in that spot. His batting average is over 300 in those five games. His OPS is north of 1,200 thanks to the walks and, and the uh, three home runs he, he's hit in that time, and it just fits this team better, I think. And in a world where Bryson Stott really struggled to you know produce from the leadoff spot, Trey Turner really struggled to produce from the leadoff spot. And both of those guys that have now found success or have enjoyed success in different parts of this lineup, Kyle Schwarber being this team's leadoff hitter, I, I, I just think it has to be the way this goes moving forward. And, and Rob Thompson talked about last night, you know, what a stroke of genius it was. Obviously, with his tongue firmly implanted in his cheek, Kyle Schwarber said after the game, it's just a coincidence that he's heating up despite you know it being June and this kind of being the time of year when, when he does this, it's just best for the Phillies' offense. And you, you look at no further than last night where they beat Tyler Alexander 
with a run they scored on the first up out of the game. Kyle Schwarber takes him deep from the leadoff spot to start the bottom of the first inning. That was all they needed. They've only finished with three hits offensively. Tywin Walker was dominant, um, you know, pitching, going seven scoreless, and we'll get to him and some of the other positives to take from this team over the past week or so. But I think Kyle Schwarber being in the leadoff spot just fits this team and just makes a lot of sense. And even though he's still hitting 172 or 176 after last night, his on-base percentage is still in the, in the mid-300s. I tweeted out a stat the other day. Despite having you know half as many hits as Luis Arise, the, the National League's batting leader right now, who's hitting north of 390, Kyle Schwarber scored more runs, and the fact that he hits for power, the fact that he, you know, is going to be playing in, in a lineup and, and hitting leadoff in a lineup that I think has some really good offensive pieces down at the bottom of the order certainly helps his case and certainly helps this team and can get him in a situation where he's going to be up to the, the plate with runners on base if the guys at the bottom of the order kind of do their job. I think there's a world where it just fits better. And last year, this team really struggled at points in the playoffs because you had two high strikeout guys in Kyle Schwarber and Reese Hoskins at the top of the lineup. But we also saw what happened when that team and when that offense was going well behind those two guys. I mean, they carried them through the NLCS. And I know Bryce Harper won NLCS MVP, but it was Kyle Schwarber and Reese Hoskins who, who carried that offense through most of that series to get them to the point where Bryce Harper could hit that home run and, and kind of put the exclamation point uh, on the end of the series. So I, I think as this team moves forward and as we kind of look at, ahead at, at what they need to do to not just get back over 500 and, and get back into a, a playoff position as they still sit uh, three and a half games back uh, of the wild card, Kyle Schwarber being at the top of the lineup every day, it's just what this team needs. It sounds stupid, I I know. And it seems counterintuitive when you brought in Trey Turner, a guy who spent most of his career in Washington batting leadoff, but I I think the way this lineup looks with Kyle Schwarber at the top right now just makes a little bit more sense. And I I thought the lineup Rob Thompson put out last night was probably a good indication of, of sort of the best way to deploy these hitters. And we start with you know Kyle Schwarber at the top. As we said before, I mean, he's been red hot, and we know he's going to be red hot through the month of June, and hopefully that average creeps closer and closer to the Mendoza line as he currently sits at at 173. But some base percentage is still 322, which is higher than Trey Turner, which is is higher than than someone like JT Romuto. It's almost identical to Bryson Stott. That's good enough to be a leadoff hitter in modern baseball. And I know he's someone that, his speed isn't a weapon, and you know having speedy guys behind him, like if Trey Turner was batting two, it would certainly limit his ability to take extra bases or steal if those two guys got on at the beginning of a game. But I think right now, the way the lineup's constructed, it's fine. It's not a detriment to this team, but Schwarber won. Castellanos batting second. He's been your best hitter really over the last couple of weeks or so. His batting average is back over 300. He's sitting at 315 after that torrid stretch he had in Washington. His OPS is sitting at a team high 856. Nick Castellanos has been the guy that they signed to that big deal last offseason this year. He's really learned 
and, and been really good at, at you know working counts a little bit better. He's not swinging and chasing at, at you know every pitch. You know they were laughing at him in the NLCS last year because he refused to take a first pitch and was diving out at sliders low and away. He, he's done a lot better this year at kind of holding off on those, getting pitches that he's capable of hitting, and really just dumping in the left field. Like he, He's not lacing any balls off the wall, but he's making good contact. He's making solid contact, and he's dropping it in for hits. And it's hard to argue right now with the results he's had. Bryce Harper's going to hit three, whether or not he's slumping. I, I think you could really etch it in stone that Bryce Harper is going to be the, the three-hitter on this team. Every day that he's healthy, and even though he's struggled lately, I think his average is like 150 over his last 10 games. He showed a lot of frustration last night. He flew out to the warning track and threw his helmet against the the wall of the the dugout. He's going to be in the three-hole, and I think he's still trying to figure a few things out. He's trying to adjust after getting off to that that pretty hot start once he he got off the, the IL in the beginning of May. Bryce Harper's going to be there, and I think Bryce Harper, as we kind of look at this lineup, as great as Castellanos has been, Bryce Harper is still the, the most talented hitter on this team and, and someone who I think can, could be the most consistent hitter on this team once he kind of gets out of the, the slump he's in the midst of right now. And then we get to the cleanup spot. I, I think it's interesting because I don't think there's a real obvious choice to to the cleanup spot on this team. And you could point at Kyle Schwarber and say it should be him because he does fit that profile better. Right, he he is a big home run guy. He's a big, big swing guy. Not a high contact guy. A lot of extra base hits. He only had I think two or three singles in, in the month of May compared to six home runs. But I, I think right now that's going to be Trey Turner or JT Realmuto. I kind of view those two guys interchangeably. They're going to hit four and five. Um, the the way the lineup is currently constructed, Turner obviously has hit cleanup the last couple days in Realmuto five. Those two guys, they have enough power that they're both guys that you could probably pencil in for 20 to 25 home runs, which is enough if you have Schwarber and Harper ahead of them, both guys who are obvious 30 home run candidates. Schwarber probably closer to 40. So Turner and Romuto 4-5, I think, is going to be where they, they sort of end up. And it feels silly having Trey Turner at 4 or maybe even 5, considering just the, the profile of hitter he is, right? Considering he's a guy who isn't a big home run guy, who has a lot of speed, who um, you know really profiles as more of a, a high contact one two type hitter. But I just I have a hard time putting him there right now when he's not making you know consistent contact. He's still only hitting two forty for the season after this you know hot stretch he's been enjoying the last week or so. His on base percentage is still only. 283, his OPS is only sitting at 676 right now, which was actually the, the lowest uh, among Philly starters yesterday ahead of only and Mundo Sosa, who came in as, as a defensive replacement for Drew Ellis um, at the end of the game. So I think Turner Realmuto 4-5 is kind of where this team's going to end up. And then I like Stott hitting six. Stott's a guy who is a high-contact guy who works a lot of counts, and I like in my six hole, I like having a guy who can work a count, who doesn't strike out. Um, you you kind of end up in a lot of spots with your six hole guy. I mean, just think about it. If you get bases loaded, two outs in the first inning, your six hitter's coming up. And think back to you know the 2008 World Series. The Phillies had Shane Victorino there. They had Jason Worth there at times. But that can be a situation where you come up with a lot of guys on base or you're, you're trying to start a, a rally or start a 
an inning if the top of the lineup can't get it done. So Bryson Stott hitting six, I just think is probably the best spot for him right now as he continues to mature in his second year in the majors. Brandon Marsh, who was this team's best hitter, probably in the first month of the season before he had that back um, shoulder injury that got fixed by the chiropractor. He's sort of back on track. Still only hitting 267, but him hitting seven, I think, fits. And then 8-9 is, is kind of tough right now. With the Alec Bohm injury, Edmundo Sosa and Cody Clemens, to me, feel like the two guys who, be, who should be playing every day. I know Drew Ellis is a good story. Uh, after that two-home run day, he had in Washington, but, but he's really struggled against Detroit so far. He, he looked really out of sorts. Uh, against them on Monday, and last night he, he went 0 for 3 again with a strikeout, and his batting average is now down to, to 235. Still hit, hitting an OPS of 969 thanks to those home runs he hit uh, against the Nationals. But I think there's a world where Mundo Sosa takes over those third base reps every day, at least while Alec Bohm is on the IL. And then you have Cody Clements as well, who, who's hit pretty well. I mean, he's hitting an OPS of 742 defensively. I think he's been a plus, especially when you compare him to what the team has had moving forward. But I think when you look at that lineup as a whole, Schwarber, Castellanos, Harper, Turner, Romuto, Stott, Marsh, Sosa, or Ellis, and then Clemens batting nine, it just all fits in place with Schwarber hitting at the leadoff spot. Once again, I know it sounds silly, and you can look at multiple guys in that lineup, Turner, Stott, even Romuto, who if he said, you know, in one of his hot stretches, he's a guy who who could hit leadoff. He he's athletic enough. He could really wreak a lot of havoc on the base pass. Probably until they got Trey Turner, he might have been their best base runner the the past couple of seasons. But I just think this lineup works a lot better with Schwarber and Castellanos hitting one two. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. And as we kind of look forward to the the finale of this Tiger series, Zach Wheeler taking the mound tonight and really has a, a tough act to follow after Ranger Suarez, Aaron Nola, and Taiwan Walker each put together really quality starts um, this time through the rotation. Zach Wheeler needs to figure things out. He gave up seven runs to the Nationals in the Phillies' last loss, a game they lost 8-7. They, they clawed back and, and just couldn't get it done um, You know, Friday night. Wheeler has shown you know, flashes of brilliance this year. He's also been really inconsistent, and you don't obviously have to go any further back than his last start. So if, if Zach Wheeler can, can put together a quality start and kind of follow what Suarez, Nola, and Walker have started on, on this winning streak, that, that would be huge for this team because you kind of look down the pipeline at you know if those three guys get going, the offense, obviously they only had one run and, and three hits last night against the Tigers, but the offense is starting to get things going. And I think when we look at this team, one of the strengths can be the bullpen. And, you know, Craig Kimbrell came out and had a just a dominant ninth inning last night, was, was touching like 96, 97 on his fastball, one inning pitch, struck out all three batters he faced. Or Anthony Dominguez is an ERA of 0.9. 
in, in his last 20 outings after or last 20 innings pitched oh, after a, a really rough start to the season. And you add in the fact that Jose Alvarado probably is coming back by the end of the week, Friday. It's been rumored is when he's going to rejoin the team when they play um, host to the Dodgers in this upcoming weekend series. I mean, we're looking at kind of the ingredients coming together. And, you know, last week I, I thought it was a little foolish that everyone was excited and, and really pumping up the Phillies after they split with the Braves. And even though that's that's better than getting swept in a four-game series or losing three or four, obviously, it's time this team starts making up ground. And this four-game winning streak is really doing that. And they're starting to dig themselves out of the hole that, that they really created in the month of May. And it gets tough for this team after this Tiger series is over. You have Los Angeles coming to town for a weekend series, a team that you got swept by um, when you went out there and, and played them um, last weekend. And then you have another West Coast swing. You go to Arizona, who this team has struggled with and lost 2-3 or three at home at the end of May, and at Oakland, which should be pretty easy. But then you play host again to the Braves and Mets. You know, and that's four out of the next five series against teams that are ahead of you in the standing. So the Phillies can figure things out if they can keep this good momentum going. They have a shot to make up a lot of ground here because they, they have currently on the schedule 13 games against teams ahead of them in the standings over their next 16. 13 of them are against teams that are either in a wild card spot or at least ahead of them. Um, when it comes to the Mets, who are still just behind the Pirates and Marlins for that final wild card spot. So that'll do it for today. Once again, I'm Tucker Bagley. Jill will be back tomorrow. Please be sure to listen and follow WIP Daily wherever you get your podcasts. Check us out on the 94 WIP YouTube channel.